You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Just uh, taking my shift at the uh, Suicide the Cowboys Suicide Hot, Hot Watch Hotline. <laughs> And uh, taking all the phone calls, and uh, everyone's How's really. How's it going? Is it? Uh, it's is not it, going really great. Nice it's not calm. going great, guys. <laughs> Our call. Uh, the phone lines are ringing. Uh, I should. I shouldn't make jokes about that. But it's. Uh, it, it is kind <laughs> of uh, funny to watch uh, full on Twitter Cowboys Nation meltdown. Uh, it's. It's. But well, I'm sure we'll discuss it. <laughs> All right, do we want to talk about the good news from today or the bad news? I'll let you decide first. What, what would you rather talk about? I would like to hear what, you, what your – not that there is an interpretation of this, <laughs> but I, I would like to hear what your interpretation of the good news is. So, so let's, let's hear that first because I know, I know good, what your bad news is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the good news is Odell Beckham's gone. That's a big part of the division. Uh, I, I mean, I, this isn't a Locked On Giants podcast, but this is noteworthy because Odell is one of the te- you know what best ten players in the league, and the Giants have basically decided to trade him. And I think this signals that the Giants feel like what they're in a rebuilding stage. I don't think they're eager to compete right now, right? Because they they let go of Landon Collins, they let go of Olivier Vernon, uh, Odell Beckham is gone. Uh, what is that Giants team this year for, you know, in, in 2019? Well, first off, I'm pretty sure that we got some audio from our friends at uh, Locked On Giants from Odell Beckham. So maybe we can add this, add that in sure. here to a little bit in the, in the post. We're, we're reaching behind the curtain here, guys. Uh, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, so to start there, like, let's, let's listen to some audio what he has to say. Uh, but, but beyond, like, how this – plays for the Cowboys specifically, um, you know, clearly he was – look, he didn't have a ton of huge games against the Cowboys. Like, that's the thing about it is – Except for his, his rookie season. He yeah. almost got worse at, against the Cowboys as he got went on. But go ahead. But, yeah, I definitely. I, I would say, though, that this is still huge. I mean, look, I mean, the, the prospect of facing an offense – I mean, thank goodness that – that Eli Manning is there because the prospect of facing an offense with, uh, you know, OBJ and and uh, Barkley and and uh, you know Sterling Shepard and uh, the, the tight end whose name I always forget from Ole Miss, uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Why don't I always forget his name? Uh, yeah, I, I think that you know, that's he's a not lo- very good. That, well, I mean, I think that the, you know all those guys should have been arranged into a very potent offense at some point uh it it never really developed that way and then suddenly now like the guy that kind of is the well i mean he was the the star of the jewel of that is now gone absolutely so now they've got uh, a a more focus on 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 barkley which i think actually makes things easier for the cowboys and everybody else um yeah i mean i think even though he hadn't had great success against us lately um, I, I think 
the idea of not having to face someone who is a threat to score the ball every time he touches the the a threat to score a touchdown every time he touches the ball. I think not having that guy on on a team that you play twice a year uh, is is a huge benefit for certain. The the best part about all of this is that Dave Gettleman is still in charge of the New York Giants. As oh, long yeah. as he is the GM there, I think the Cowboys will be okay because he is his track record of making smart moves and building winners. Uh, not does he have good. a tra- does it, he have it, a track record of that? <laughs> like, uh, no, it's not existent. I think his track record of of, well, of those just kind of positions. Well, well, one of the stats that I saw for uh, Vernon and Odell Beckham is that the Giants are going to be paying like twenty seven million dollars for those guys not to play on their team this year. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. Uh, last year they had a chance to to get a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. Decided to take a running back instead because they thought they were close. David Gettleman also, you know, he mentioned that their goal was to make the playoffs with Eli Manning. A year later, you know, they're trading their their best offensive weapon and they're letting go their best secondary player, trading away their best defensive end. I, I don't know what the plan is for the Giants. I, I hope it's <laughs> I hope it's to continue to play Eli Manning because if that's the case, the Cowboys will be just fine. Uh, but I thought that was big news that the Giants decided to to move on from Beckham. Any last thoughts on the Giants before we uh, talk about something else? It's all really great uh, Onion tweet uh, that said something to the extent of uh, uh, Giants draft rookie quarterback to mentor Eli Manning. And uh, I, thought, I thought that was I thought that was well, really funny, and it's probably what's next. To be honest, I mean, they just love Eli so much, man, that uh, they're just gonna do whatever they can to get rid of everybody but Eli. So as long as I'm I'm here for that, I am here for that. So uh, from from what I've heard is that Eli is going to kind of have a say in picking this next quarterback, which that sounds oh disastrous God. in itself, but. There's a quarterback in this draft class who has been coached up by the Mannings his entire career, uh, and that's Daniel Jones from Duke. I I hope with everything in my body they take Daniel Jones in the first round because that would ensure a lot of wins for the Cowboys in the upcoming season. So just just pay attention to that uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the the sad news we have to talk about is that Earl, the Earl Thomas dream is dead today it was announced that the baltimore ravens signed him to a four-year deal worth 53 million dollars uh first landon what was your initial reaction to to that deal and would you have matched that same offer that baltimore gave him uh no i probably wouldn't um uh, you know first of all i think the money year to year was i i, I haven't seen the structure yet but um I just think it was more than I, I was probably I would be comfortable paying. Um, I you know I wasn't I, I I wasn't happy. I mean I I definitely thought that that as time was going by, um, you know that 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 the Cowboys were getting more and more chance a more and more better chance to kind of sure. sign him because he thought maybe okay maybe his price is going down now that the market's kind of dried up a little bit. Um, but but of course that ended up not being the case. You know, I, I think it was a lot of money. Um, I I thought that it was a great deal if everything kind of fit together. I mean, it would have been great to have him, but it didn't all kind of fit together. So you know that it didn't work out. Uh, this is the thing that I obviously people are just kind of going off the the ledge about, and I don't know that it's as 
as dire as all that. I mean, I still think there's an opportunity to make a big upgrade in the secondary with the players that are still in free agency and just maybe not even getting a free safety, maybe going after a strong safety and, and putting uh, pairing him with, with Woods. I mean, I think that's the thing is that despite a lot of what, you know, a lot of, of like not getting this deal, I don't know that the Cowboys, like, have a lot of other free safeties on this market that they feel are an upgrade to their young player in Xavier Woods. So at least a free safety. So uh, if they want to go out and upgrade the you know the position or the the secondary, I think there's there's some spots to uh, upgrade it. At, there's an opportunity to upgrade it at the strong safety spot, um, and I think that there's some pretty good candidates, a lot of good candidates still out there to play to play the strong safety spot. Uh, so it's is it disappointing, of course, because I mean you wanted to see Earl Thomas on this team. I mean, is it the end of the world? It, it really is not. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, no, I know I you it feel like it is, but <laughs> it, it really is not. Like he. You'd love to have, add an all-pro player if you can. It didn't work out. You still have a really good guy at free safety. I think they could add some more talent at strong safety and still improve this unit. Uh, I so I I don't I think there's something there. Oddly enough, I felt more confident that the Cowboys were going to get Earl Thomas back during the season, like going into that week three game. I kind of thought that's when the Cowboys were going to get Earl Thomas. Once he got to free agency, I was always a little bit nervous that the market. Uh, would prove to be a little bit too rich for the Cowboys. And frankly, I, I, I kind of wonder if his leg injury spooked the Cowboys a little bit because now there's basically two seasons of him in a row not being able to stay in the field. And I'm just not sure the Cowboys wanted to commit 13 to $14 million a year on a safety who is turning 30 years old soon, who hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh I, listen, I wanted him as much as anybody else, and I understood how much value blue-chip players can bring to your defense, or actually just your entire team. But it just felt like the, the Cowboys were never going to go over about $10 million a year, and that's and that's why they lost out on Earl Thomas. I thought uh, good news is he, he didn't end, end up in an NFC team. He didn't end up in a rival. So it's not like he's going to come back to haunt you very often. And the other thing, too, is that I, I think this also very much played into the uh, the – thought process of uh uh you know what how much can we resign him if we trade for him you know i think this that, that like that whole knowledge of of what they were expecting him to make or what they wanted to pay him uh and what he they knew that he wanted to be paid you know they they may have realized by the end of that whole thing that there was enough daylight that if they made that trade that it very well could have been a situation where they were renting uh, Earl Thomas for the rest of the year, and that they may not be well, able. Well, do you know to... the other thing they could? The other thing they could have done is they could have franchised him. If they traded for him back in the season, they could have franchised him this offseason, and that number would have actually been less than what some of the safeties are getting now. So that would have been another option. But then, what do you do? Uh, with, that's why. I guess, what do you do with Demarcus Lawrence? Well, I mean, that's the I mean, problem. Know, is maybe, that yeah? I mean, like yeah. that, that's the issue. Is that there's only certain amount of these mechanisms for these guys. Uh, I just I think for me it's like you you really want this guy of course you do but but I think that there is a a point where you know paying using so much resources uh, that you get diminishing returns on it for to a certain degree. 
All right, so let's go ahead and talk about one of the signings the Cowboys actually did make on Wednesday afternoon, and that was signing fullback Jameez Olawale to a three-year deal. I think it was like $2.8 million guaranteed with a max value of $5 million. Uh, Cowboys Super Bowl, uh, right? Because Olawale is a big part <laughs> of the offense last year. Uh you know, I, I, you can continue to be upset it's a about lot of this. sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, everyone's really, really upset about them signing a fullback. I, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to get worked up about it. I, I, I'm surprised that people have the energy to get worked up about it, I guess, is my whole thing. Well, you're surprised that people have the energy to do it? This is all we do, man. This, we sit on Twitter <laughs> waiting for bad sightings I, I, to I happen, would assume, and then we pounce. I would assume you'd be exhausted. I mean, you know, like no, it, it, it never like, gets exhausted. Uh, I guess fun not. Well, look, he, he's he was your leading special teams tackler last year. Uh, there could be a very good chance that um, that the with the new offensive coordinator that he might get used properly this year. This year, I mean, we talked about last year when he got signed that the idea is that this guy could do a lot of different things at fullback, but he didn't do a lot of different things. I mean, they they didn't really line him up differently, and maybe now he will get a little bit more of that Scott opportunity. Linehan. That, well, that does seem like a Scott Linehan more than a Jameez Olawale fault, because we've seen Olawale be successful yeah. as a receiver and even as a runner before, so it, that's a fair point. I mean, they, he, he didn't get used. Like, that's like, look, I mean, everyone remembers the the one terrible drop pass that he had in the end zone, and I, that was terrible, absolutely. But yep. I mean, he only like got like three looks as pass. I mean, catcher, I, I don't even know how many uh, you know attempts or or, uh, or or how many snaps he got as an offensive player. But I, I don't think he got used a ton. So I, I think there's opportunity here for him to get used more in in, uh, in an offense that may feature more. Tight end movement and, and you know off the line big bodies moving back and forth, which is something that at least Chris Peterson's offense has had at, at Boise State. It'll be interesting Absolutely. to see if that's something that that we see more of with with uh, with more, more now in the in charge. Yeah, in in all reality, they they signed him not because of his fullback ability, because he's a good special teams player. Yeah. He can do yeah. stuff on punt returns. He can he can be on your your kickoff unit. Uh, that's why they signed him. They they feel like he's a valuable player there. And really giving him a little bit less than $1 million per guarantee this season is not that big of a deal because you know he's going to be active every single game. Uh, a couple other things I want to just pass along uh, as we're doing the podcast. Again, we're doing this on Wednesday afternoon right before the actual league year kicks off. Uh, and some kind of things have come out. The, the most recent one is that the Browns are interested in trading away Emmanuel Ogba after trading for Olivier Vernon. Uh, really quickly, what's the most that you would offer for Emmanuel Ogba? It's going to be a rental. Uh, I mean, not much. Like, like a, a day three pick. Yeah, it's like a fifth or sixth round pick. Sounds about right. Use yeah. him for a year and hope he gets you a comp pick the following year. That that sounds about right. Maybe a pick swap. Maybe that's the maybe, best way to do maybe, it. Maybe yeah, something you, like that. You you give up your four and you get back Cleveland's fifth or sixth round pick. Maybe something like that. Maybe. Uh, uh, and one last thing, uh, we talk about him, it seems like, every single show, but Golden Tate, I- I'm surprised we haven't heard more about his market yet. Um, just not a lot of teams that seem like they're interested in his current price tag. If that wait, number... wait, 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 wait. Isn't free agency over? I was told free agency was over. It's 12.30 on March 
thirteenth. Uh, I mean, it's basically over, right? All the good over. guys are gone, um, <laughs> except for this guy that we're discussing right now that we've been discussing. Except today. for this guy that we're Inter- right now. It's interesting that we it still have the ability, despite to, to upgrade the team, despite uh, all the flames that are uh, emitting from Twitter right now, that there are still v- valuable free agents on the market. You say, interesting. Uh, I, th- huh. There's free agents on the huh. market. I will huh. say that. Okay, um, interesting. Golden Tate. What, what number would you be interested uh, in in getting him? Would it have to be around seven to eight million dollars a year before you you would get into the bidding? I mean, I know you have hate towards Golden Hate and or Golden Tate, anyways. So I got Golden Hate, yes. Golden Hate. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think something close to what Beasley got paid is is probably appropriate, and I think because of his age and because of what you know, his ability to play inside and outside, that would probably be. Uh, you know, I think reasonable uh, uh, for something like that. I, I, I'm gonna close, you know, hold my nose because I don't like the dude at all. But he's good though, he's really good. Yeah, yeah he is really good. I've, wait a minute, hold on. I just no, he can't be really good, Marcus. I was just told all the good free agents are no longer on the market. I was literally <laughs> just told by a NFL insider that uh, that there was no good free agents left on the market. But yes, he is pretty good. I think he would improve your team. Uh, I don't like. I don't think he's improve your locker room. I don't think uh, he's kind of a punk. But uh, sure. but uh, yeah, I think you could sign him for something close to what Beasley got, and you know, get some good years out of him. What is a worst form of Twitter? A worst form of Twitter? The pro day charting, you know, passes like Kyler Murray's uh, pro day today. All right, can we talk? Or, about, can we talk about that real quick? Like, go ahead. Or, or free agency let me, Twitter. Can I just get a, a platform for this real quick? Go ahead. I'll let you we, close up you the know, podcast. We hear a ton about how the newspaper industry is dying and and all these things. How are they affording to send these guys to these pro days to, uh, I mean, to not only, I mean, first of all, not that you could get a lot of analysis out of a pro day, but these guys are certainly unqualified to get what little analysis there is out of a pro day. So they're basically sending people to go watch a dude in shorts and shirts throw a ball to his receivers to see if they drop. I mean, we're literally watching people on Twitter. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he's showing the ball and they're catching it. <laughs> like, it's, unbel- it's unbelievable. The, the the anyways that was my whole thing. Uh, I I I think uh, to me there's there's you know very little value in these quarterback pro days. Like it, especially unless they're working out and they have some sort of athletic ability that needs to be quantified, which Kyler Murray does, and I don't think he is running. So I, I just I, I don't know, man. Like I, I just don't get a lot out of these pro days, and I, I'd be surprised if if these teams do outside of talking to this dude it just doesn't make any sense to me <sighs> all right that's it for today's podcast no uh <laughs> um i i hate pro days they're the dumbest thing ever we, we have all this film uh, to show how these players are but then we we care how a quarterback throws against air with the receivers he's worked i don't know it, it, it's, it's, it's it's never dumb. made much sense it's to dumb. me it's it's the worst way to evaluate a quarterback, yet we know teams across the league care about this stuff for whatever reason. All right, that is today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.